1: it gives me a lot of
0: hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9.
1: Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast.
0: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever
2: you get your podcasts.
4: All right. All right. This is is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's
5: In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb.
6: What up? Doug Gottlieb Show in the Bonus and Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. We do this every day. Some people think it's the best thing we do. Some people don't disagree with people who say it's the best thing we do. Jared Smith picks Wide league betting analyst will join us, man. We got good stuff for you. Um, let let's, let's, let's start with some continuing thoughts on yesterday as it blends into today. Right. I do think, and Jason, you brought up a, just a really good point. Ross Tucker's like the only guy outside of, you know, Dan Beyer and, and us. And we, we think we do it the right way. Who's like, man, I was stunned by, uh, by Tom Brady calling it, a career, and I was just just stunned by it. Um, and what I wanted, to, uh, you know, so re- remember yesterday you had your 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 rant, your
7: uh, yeah, the annoying uh, people were the the people that yesterday were like, you know, you saw the signs, and then they started listing the signs. Well, yesterday you were just talking about him going to the Niners. So w- which is which here? Uh,
6: yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Ross is a Ross is a real one, and I I appreciate it. I respect it, and now there's there's a lot to it here, but this is i 'll just tell you a couple of interesting uh, conversations I had with people i don't think there's any way anyway, football was the reason he got divorced. Like I go with logical things, logical, understandable things, and it defies logic to go back and play football, which causes your divorce only to quit football four or five months later. Does that make sense, Jason? It does, yep. Okay. So one, I think there's the, you know, uh, the obvious question is, so what was it? If it wasn't that, what was it? And why are we being told it's football? I have a thought behind it. Um, and then two, then the questions become about you know him in the booth and uh, I, I it's a discussion i want to have the podcast is the perfect place for it but when you see him retire you seem to agree with me what do you what do you think of of the whole divorce thing and how it played a factor in this
7: my opinion i mm-hmm. i'm going to uh, repeat what i said i think in september whenever whenever they got divorced and we started talking about this and you would kind of go around the room and you'd be like You think he's done or you think he's going to play or whatever? From the beginning, I thought he's going to retire. And this is my reasoning. Okay. If football was the reason that ultimately led to his divorce, I don't think it was the only reason, but I think it may have been kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Okay. If divorce was the reason, then I think he associates football now with the thing that broke his family. I think that that left a sour taste in his mouth about the sport. I think that would, that would uh, cut into your passion for the sport. So my take was the exact opposite of, hey, now he's divorced. He can play as much football as he wants. It's kind of like Tiger Woods, Doug. Remember when uh, Tiger went into sex addiction therapy um, after getting a divorce? It would almost be like saying, hey, you're divorced now. You can have sex with all the waitresses you want. But it's like, no, no, no. That, my addiction led to my, my broken family. I'm not going back to that lifestyle. That's kind of how I felt about Tom Brady.
6: Hmm. Um, okay. I, I don't, my, that's interesting. Cause that's actually a very different thought than mine. Mine is like, I, I don't think, he, I don't think it had anything to do with it. Um. Do I think there's a level to, Hey, like he wasn't at home even when he was at home in terms of mentally being checked out. Um. Like the the whole thing is weird though. Right? Like, you retire for 40 days and then you come back. Then you come back and then you go on 11 day hiatus during training camp. Like, was that him trying to save it? Was he trying to help his family? What was he trying to do? I, I, that's the, the granular details. And again, I don't know what the reality to what goes on, what went on in his, in his house. I do know that. Let that me ask you this, Doug. Do what, you think do
7: you think he's still married if he had stayed retired? No. Okay. Well, then that says a lot. And then you're probably you're you're basically saying the thing was going to end. Does he regardless. still does
6: he still married? I mean, people there's plenty of people that are married but not really married, right? They're married and they're not together.
7: Well, some of the loneliest people I know are married. Yeah. If that if that's what you mean, like mentally. Yeah.
6: Well, lonely. no, I mean just in terms of having a you know, they have, like, we just lived two different lives. Oh, just, an arrangement.
7: I gotcha.
6: Yeah. 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 Ramos, what do you think?
8: Uh, about whether or not Tom Brady left because of his marriage? Well, Why do you think? Do you, do you think he got divorced because of football? Uh, I think it played a part in it. I don't think it was the main reason. I, I'm sure in every marriage, um, and I know this, and I'm sure... Uh, Jason is, and you know this in, in marriage that there's many things that lead to positives and negatives. And it's not always one thing. One thing can be a big concerning factor in it, but it doesn't mean it's the only thing. And so in this situation, I do think it was a factor. I don't think it was, as you said, I don't think it was the main thing.
6: It's a, it's a, it's a very curious part to the story, right? Like in, in all of the things about the Tom Brady story, The married to a supermodel and then, you know, the Facebook show led us into his life, which, you know, to that point we didn't know anything about it. And I used a word yesterday, which I'm just in love with this word nefarious. You like that word, Jason?
7: I like the word. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I I had a conversation with somebody. uh, uh, And they were telling me like, Yeah, um, you're just using that word to show off. Nobody actually speaks like that. And I was like, that's not true. It's a real word. It's a, I I mean, honestly, I think a nefarious is Dr. Doofenshmirtz from uh, Phineas and Ferb. But uh, I really, I like the word nefarious. Alex Guerrero uh, had, I think, maybe to some, like a nefarious sort of... um, aura to him like well what's up with Alex Guerrero and the TB12 why would Bill Belichick kick him out of the stadium and you know Julian Edelman got popped for PEDs was that was that was that Alex Guerrero I use this guy that we so all of a sudden now you see you meet Alex Guerrero you meet the family you see how he is with his kids how he is with Giselle like it let us in and he became increasingly likable and then to kind of show himself to be a family guy and then only to have this come out. It's just that it's just an interesting dynamic to somebody who I don't think his personal life or his story was crafted, but man, now all of a sudden you're like, okay, I don't even know what's what if those two got divorced because they look so they look really happy together. I don't know. That's the part I'm.
7: I think celebrities are really good at acting like they're a great couple. You know, they get really good at that because that's their brand. You know in a lot of ways that's a lot of their business is was that image mm.
6: interesting interesting but they they appear to be super happy because they're just they're putting on all the charm
7: yeah i mean i'm not saying they weren't happy at times but it's just i think celebrity couples when you watch them i think they're great at acting happy and happy acting like a great couple because a lot of their business interests is tied to it.
6: That's that's a very good way of putting it. Do you think Fox should use him in the Super Bowl?
7: Should or will I think that um, I think they're going to do something right, whether it's like a little package thing or him doing interviews. I mean, I don't think. Are you talking about actually doing the commentary for the Super Bowl? He's not going to do that, right? I don't think so. I don't
6: know why I shouldn't, but I don't think so.
8: I think he has a place there. Wouldn't that be a great thing to do to put him there? I mean, right off the bat. I mean, he's already signed on to do it. It shouldn't be. I mean, if you were in charge, like, wouldn't you be like making a call? Like, I'm gonna right now. I think he needs some time a little bit, but right away after maybe like a couple of days, like, hey, you know, we'd love to have you as a analyst or a pre-show guy. Come on with the guys, talk about you know. Wouldn't you say that? I, I would.
6: Um. I would absolutely have him on the game. There's no question in my mind, you know? And what happens is like, I think everyone has established that Greg Olson is good at it. I don't know why Greg Olson wouldn't continue to be good at it. If they did it all as a three man booth and football, especially is a place that if three man booth is fine, it's really can be really, really good to be a little crowded in times in, in terms of live action with with, with basketball, even basketball, a three-man booth can be really good. If you have a really good play-by-play guy and guys that, that don't have a big ego. I mean, for, for but if you have Tom Brady, why wouldn't you use him? He's played in 10 Super Bowls. He's won seven. He's synonymous with the Super Bowl. Why wouldn't you have him? Because you're, because you're worried about the feelings of, of, uh, of Greg Olson. Like Greg Olson has a job. That everybody likes him, he's going to continue to have a job. Anyway, just, just some thoughts that I've had.
4: Be sure to catch live editions of The Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the
2: iHeartRadio app. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting The Stephen A. Smith Show podcast.
6: All right, uh, let's get to Jared Smith, PixWise League betting analyst, co-host of Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff with Rich Ornberger, Brian No, airs each Saturday between 9 a.m. and noon Eastern time. Listen live on our Fox Sports Radio affiliates or on the iHeartRadio app presented by BetMGM. Jared, um, let, let, let's start with the initial line of the game, uh, which has, of course, changed. Why, why do you think the vacillation in the line from its initial posting?
4: yeah Doug, I think when it opened even the Chiefs as a slight favorite uh you know the market took a lot of Eagles money right away, and I think it was twofold I think it was a how Kansas City looked. Uh, at the end of that game with some of their injuries, cluster injuries at the wide receiver position. And of course, Patrick Mahomes, I think, as expected, got a little worse as the game went on. You could tell that he was certainly still banged up. And then also just how well the Eagles have played, I think, during this stretch. And you could certainly poke holes. I've heard a lot of really good arguments about their strength of schedule. And, you know, they do have the easiest strength of schedule this season, including the playoffs. But I just think all of those factors combined flip the line from Kansas City small favorite to Philly small favorite. But I will say going from minus one to, to plus one or plus one and a half not a huge win probability shift so while there was some early sharp money in the market for philly i wouldn't be shocked if this drifted back towards kansas city and we closed right around the pick'em or maybe philly minus one because i think you can make a very strong case for both sides in this game
6: okay uh what about the total what does that say about the expectations from people in vegas
4: Yeah, so initial buy-up to 51, which was a key number. Uh, That's the most landed on total in the NFL over the last few seasons. So 51, I think, is kind of the ceiling. And I would say right around 49 and a half, where it opened, is kind of the floor. I would expect now that we've kind of hit 51 in a couple key areas. I wouldn't be surprised if we did see some under money come back in. But again, at this stage of the season, the numbers are as sharp as they've been all year. So I don't expect a ton of vacillation, barring some major injury news from the Chiefs camp, especially with Mahomes and the receivers. I do think this will stay o- above 50 and probably magnetized towards that key number, of 51. In terms of game script. I would say the Chiefs winning favors the over because of Mahomes maybe playing above expectation and the offense having more success than people think. And I would say the Eagles winning likely favors the under game script, running the ball, keeping the ball away from the Chiefs uh, and that very explosive offense.
6: What's the, uh, what's the prop bet you like the best?
4: You know, I'm kind of going against the grain here with this one. And I, I did some research on, on this last night and it might sound nuts, but I, I like the Chiefs to have the most sacks in the game at plus money. And I know we're going to hear a lot about how great Philly's defensive line has been all year with how great they sacked the quarterback. They had the most sacks in the NFL, most sacks in the playoffs. That's great. But in a one-game roll of the dice... I'm getting plus money on a Chiefs team that has the second lowest sack percentage in the NFL this season. And Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league at avoiding sacks. He has the lowest pressure-to-sack ratio of any quarterback in the league at 10.5%. Jalen Hurts has the sixth highest at 21.5%. And what pressure-to-sack ratio means, when the pressure comes, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback at getting rid of the ball or removing the pressure from the equation and not taking that sack, whereas Jalen Hurts has really struggled in that category this year. And I think Andy Reid, two weeks to prepare, is going to put a similar game script to what we saw last time with the Chiefs getting the ball out quick, the quick passing game being a major factor here. So I think the Chiefs, at plus money to have more sacks in the game, um, that would be an interesting prop bet that I, w- I would take a strong look at.
6: All right, give me, give me one more that, that you're at least considering in terms of prop bet.
4: Well, I think the Chiefs win the game, and because of that, I, I like to look at the MVP market and try to correlate my bet. And when I look at the Eagles' side, if the Eagles win, I could see a lot of scenarios where Jalen Hurts is not the MVP. If the Chiefs win the game, I, I just do not see a world where Patrick Mahomes is not the MVP. The Chiefs are plus 105 to win the game. Mahomes is plus 130 to win the MVP. Again, highly correlated bet. So I would much rather take the MVP ticket on Mahomes at plus 130. You get a much better price than you do just to have the Chiefs win.
6: Is there any way to bet on the Pro Bowl?
4: <laughs> I did see a line. Uh, I, I, see, I saw a, a line item come out on my odd screen for it. I have not seen a market yet, but I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if we didn't see some kind of wager on the Pro Bowl. If I do see odd, bug, I'll, I'll be sure to send them your way via, via social media.
6: So it's nuts. Like I, I, th- I always thought they had viewers. You know, and if you have viewers, then you keep doing it. Obviously they've kind of given in and now I mean it's just a complete disaster. And yeah. I mean you got Snoop Huntley as a Pro Bowl quarterback is just <laughs> how does anyone take any of that seriously?
4: you can't and and i think with these and it kind of goes to what the super bowl is and i i love i love betting on obviously any nfl game or, or any game in general but the super bowl because of how much of a spectacle it is and the pro bowl you put that in the same category i'm totally fair with pushing some of my sharpness to the side lowering my stake on some of these bets and betting some of the fun stuff, Coin Toss, Gatorade Color, that kind of stuff that let's be honest, it's fodder. It's not bets you're going to be a, a you know, rich man long term by making them, but in this particular instance, the last game, the finality of the season, as long as you lower your stake to the point where it doesn't hurt your bankroll, I am totally fine with being a complete degenerate on Super Bowl Sunday or the Pro Bowl and making some wagers just for the sake of entertainment.
6: Jared Smith, Wise League Betting Analyst Coast to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Check it out with Rich Ornberger, Brian No, every Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern Time. Listen live on our Fox Sports Radio affiliates or the iHeartRadio app presented by BetMGM. Jared, great stuff. Thanks for joining us.
4: Appreciate you, Doug. Be sure to catch live editions of The Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon
5: Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: What's up, everybody?
10: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Let's find out who's annoying. And now, it's your
5: annoying. (laughs)
7: What do you got there, Jason Stewart? Who's annoying today? You know, Jerry Jones is talking a lot. I think he's at the Pro Bowl week or somewhere. So uh, people keep putting microphones in front of his face. And for some reason, he's talking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, he talked about the uh, he made this analogy. And it's ironic that he made this analogy because John Ramos, our own John Ramos, made this analogy as well. And when John said it, I was slightly annoyed. And now that Jerry Jones is saying it, I'm full-blown annoyed and I have a point. So Jerry Jones said this about the 49ers. When you look back and say, well, San Francisco and Cowboys haven't been to a Super Bowl in 25 years. Okay? And haven't won a Super Bowl in 25 years. I understand that. San Francisco's in the same boat. San Francisco uh, has not won a championship since 95. But San Francisco has played in what? At least two Super Bowls. They've played in at least four championship games, they're always in the mix, seemingly. And when they don't, they take Nick Bosa and get better. Um, I don't think you could put the Cowboys and the 49ers in the same boat. So that's annoying to me. I agree with you. I agree with you. It was a... a, If he's saying
6: winning a Super Bowl is hard, he's right. If he's saying, hey, uh, being a winner consistently and and being close is hard, uh, he's not wrong, but you mentioned the Niners; they've had a couple differences. They've been to a Super Bowl. They've been to multiple NFC
8: Championship games, and you have not. Okay, you and I agree, you you and I agree. I agree with you as well. And I only mentioned it because the Dodgers would get a lot of slack, and you know this, Doug. They haven't won a World Series since 1988, but yet they were in the World Series like three years in a row. They were in the NFC or a the NL Championship games like multiple times, but yet people could still threw that at the Dodgers. They still threw it at them, saying, "Well, they haven't won a World Series." They're the bridesmaids. Well, then, why are the 49ers any different than that?
6: The, um, I, I think because... Okay. Ten one ready, guys. We're rolling. Three, two, one. Hey, let's welcome... Um, Ramos remember what you said remind you you did you, you you triggered my attention with something you said last.
8: No, what I said was that the oh, let me stop this recording really fast. What I said was that the Dodgers through the course of the time from 1988 yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. that everybody always used to say well what have the Dodgers done they haven't won a world series but yet they were always in the world series they were always do, in the in NL-
6: Ramos so here's the issue with it though, okay? The reason that with baseball the Dodgers Get questioned is well one they've had some historically great regular seasons, and two they're set, they're paying guys way more than other teams that are beating them that's it's really about the money right jason is that is that fair right like if it was the thing about football is you know though some players make the general sense is everybody's playing by essentially the same financial set of rules yeah and uh, that's where the Dodgers, fair or unfair, that's where the criticism comes from. Oh, you spend all that money. Why can't you win a World Series?
7: Take that, John.
8: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going <laughs> to answer that question. I think he was asking you that question.
7: No, I mean, I, that's probably, yeah, that has a lot to do with it. That When I was living in San, Frans- or San Francisco like 20 years ago, they were so resentful of how many, how much Uh, better the resources were for the for the Dodgers so even any success was dismissed by well yeah you know they have an entire uh you know they have an entire operation in the uh Dominican Republic okay it's not that's not my problem (laughs) you're still my team um you know who else is annoying who um the Pro Bowl that's who uh the Pro Bowl so um I don't know if you saw it, but Brandon Stokely had this great tweet yesterday. He's like uh Tyler Huntley is a pro bowler, two touchdown passes. Um he played four games. Like we have to we have to do away with the Pro Bowl, which is not an um an uncommon sentiment. And they did do away with the Pro Bowl. They're not playing tackle football this year. But I, I do have to why don't why do they call it the Pro Bowl? How about just hey, a bunch of a bunch of players come to a city, and we'll celebrate ourselves for a weekend. Just call it that. Why call well, it a because, Pro
6: Bowl? Because they got to sell it as as an all star sort of game. And, and they
7: and and I do think that there are still contract like um, incentives and stuff. But if you just do away with the, the concept of the Pro Bowl, just be like, let's just have a weekend of NFL celebration and invite a bunch of dudes out, and we'll do some things and photo ops. Like, yeah, I think the name the Pro Bowl has is so stigmatized. Lose it. Call it something else.
6: Um. Okay. How many people do you think they called before they called Tyler Huntley?
7: You think that's it? What? That they, they just go down a list of people that were more deserving and they were going to pass anyways. So they got to Tyler Huntley and he said, yeah, I could do it.
6: Um. I don't know if they will go down. I, I do think there's a bit of a list. I do think that there's... Uh, there's, there's very, very likely, uh, very, very likely some. I don't want to say politics at play. You know, some, some politics at play, and uh, I just, I, I think you know, it's like I, I, again, I how do you come up? How do you land on Tyler Huntley? I know. How does that happen? I really want to know that. And this is, believe it or not, this is not like an anti-Tyler Huntley. Right. It's just the reality of it. Like, dude, if you're going to take a Ravens quarterback, why wouldn't you take Lamar Jackson? Right. And, True. you know, again, if Lamar Jackson said no, how many guys did you have to get to? I, again, like, OK, so let me just go through. I was I was doing this with a friend on the phone last night. We were talking about this Tyler Huntley thing. This is this is what you do in your board, I guess. Right. And. We were discussing. Uh, we were discussing like quarterbacks and what you do. So, Tyler Huntley's in the AFC. So, of course, you know Joe Burrow. Um, you know Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Geno Smith. I know Geno Smith's NF- NFC. Sorry. Okay, um, Tua, and you are like, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean Tua? Like, okay, Tua couldn't play football and still in protocol, so couldn't do the Pro Bowl, but all you would you would put ahead of him, right? Uh, Derek Carr didn't have a great year, but better than Tyler Huntley. Lamar Jackson didn't have a great year, but better than Tyler Huntley. Mag Jones didn't have a great year, but better than Tyler Huntley. I mean, did Ryan Tannehill not get a call? Did Kenny Pickett? I mean, Kenny Pickett didn't have as, as good a year. Like, Lamar Jackson had 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions, played 12 games. So did he turn him down and then Tyler Huntley did it? Is it all just a ruse to get Tyler Huntley some bonus that nobody thought he would get? How do you do that? And th- this feel, it feel, it's like one of those, if your answer is Tyler Huntley, then everything else gets called into question. And I know it's not really a game. I've never understood. I understand why they have it. They only had it because people watched I don't have any idea why anybody would watch this.
7: It's 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 a, a crazy thing. You know uh, who else is annoying, Duck? What? Sally Field. She had this exchange with uh, Dan Patrick today.
11: Your reaction when you woke up to the news that Tom Brady was retiring was what?
4: I had many feelings. Uh, first of all, I, I think I feel glad because I watched him all this season and I, and sometimes he was Tom again, and you know, you just were shaking your head, like, how is that possible? And then also, I don't want him to get hurt. You know, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like, you know, wait a minute, it's my boy. (laughs) Um, I I just didn't want him to get crushed and crumbled into a bazillion pieces.
7: Sally why, Field, Sally, why is Sally Field annoying? It's annoying just how sweet she is. It's annoying just how likable and sweet she is. She was winning Oscars like uh, 50 years ago. She's obviously into her 80s because she's in a movie called 80 for Brady that opens this weekend. She's 76. Oh, really? Oh, then that's Sally Field is my mom's age. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I just think it's It's crazy so sweet. Sally
6: Field is my mom's age.
7: And she's very lucid, and I and, and very and very uh, likable, and I I just think it's annoying how likable she is. So Jerry Jones' she's comment a, like, a about frog, the by Niners. the way, from from Smoking the Bandit. Oh yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, that's yeah. your movie. That's your movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pro Bowl and Sally Field. That's your choice. Plus, she's the only person that can
8: play both Tom Hanks' like girlfriend and his mom in a movie, <laughs> what she did in Forrest Gump. She played his mom in a movie called, I think, uh, where he played stand-up comedian. She was like his love interest.
7: Ah, oh, okay. Uh, so there you go. Hmm.
8: Interesting.
6: <laughs> I like that. Very, very interesting. Uh, it's Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay. Uh, sorry. It's in the bonus podcast on the iHeartRadio app. So I got to pick one. I can't pick Sally Field because even if you're saying sarcastically her sweetness is annoying, Pro Bowl's annoying. Pro is annoying because it makes no sense. Like, why are we still doing this? If you can't have a football game, then why are you even having it? If, you, if Tyler Huntley is your answer for quarterback, you can't get anybody to show up for it, then why are we doing it? So, yeah, Pro Bowl. Yeah, i annoying! Let's get to Because We Can.
5: Why are we doing this? Why do I? Because we can. Max Crosby of the Vegas Raiders said this about Joey Bosa. A couple games ago when fucking dude had a meltdown and Blaming the refs, and I see dudes blaming, "Oh, fucking old lineman hold all the time. Refs don't call it." Like I'll never be that guy, bro. I think that's you know, shit like that is so weak to me. Like you're gonna get held. Like I'm, I know I get held all the time, bro. You watch the Rams' last drive against us, bro. I was getting literally tackled, but I'm not gonna go and double down and go look like a little fucking crybaby. You know what I mean? That's not me. That is awesome. Good for him, yeah. right? How
6: awesome is that? How, how amazing is that one? Now, should be pointed out, our boy Bosa, he melted down not because he was held. He melted down because the, the ref threw a flag over something that he must have said under his breath. And then the ref chased him down and he felt like he cost his team the game, right? Like that's, the, that's what the meltdown was over. But still, that was, that was amazing. That's, like, that's how real people talk. We do this thing where like, nobody can talk shit about anybody else. And, and then when they do, like, like, that's the real deal. I loved it. Loved it. Why can we play that for you? Because we can. Let's get to what the Fox said. And
5: now, what's up, the Fox? Say,
6: here is Craig Carton and James Jones talking about Aaron Rodgers.
5: Aaron Rodgers is blank, the greatest thrower of the football of all time. Wow, oh, all yes. right. You know that Tom Brady just retired, right? The greatest thrower of the football yeah. of all time. But you, there's Tom, nobody, I don't care, people can bring up Patty Mahomes, whoever you want to bring, they compared him to AR-12, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers came in and took this league by storm with his arm talent. He's the greatest throw-arm talent that we've ever had in this game. Outside of Brady, I'm with you. Yes. The greatest yeah. arm talent that we've ever yes. had in this game, and that includes yes. Tom Brady. So there's we're Tom. not talking about <laughs> and then, Super Bowls yeah. chat. We're talking about the greatest arm thrower yeah. of yeah. the football. So, just to be so we clear. Tom Brady's yes. not the greatest thrower of football, and yeah. I don't want to get into time, Tom because yeah. Tom just retired. He is yeah. the GOAT. Yes. But the greatest arm talent. Okay, right. I'm with you on the show. history <laughs> of the game. <laughs> yes. Is Aaron yes. <laughs> Roger.
6: Uh, I agree, you know, and, and what James, jo- James Jones, not talking about personality. He's not talking about all the other things and how you operate an organization, how you lead a team. He's just like turn, turn, throwing a football. Ain't anybody ever thrown it like that? And you know what? He's right. <laughs> he's he's right. Here's Dan Patrick on whether or not Tom Brady is truly retired for good.
11: As far as uh, the Brady coverage yesterday, you're probably Brady'd out here, but there are a lot of people yesterday that I either heard from or I read or listened to. And they're not buying into Tom is officially retired. And I, and I get it because of what happened last year, but also can Tom withstand the urge in July when all of a sudden the Niners realize Brock Purdy is not going to be back for nine months instead of six months. And then they reach out to Tom. Because that's when it hits you. It's certain times of the year where you're, you're supposed to be at camp. You've been at camp for 23 years. And then go back to even before that with college, four more years. So you got about 27 years where he knows that feeling, what it's like. And then go back to even high school. So now you have, what, 30 years of knowing that feeling of that time of the year. July, August. Is he going to be prepping to be a broadcaster? When does that start? And the teams are going to, you know, there's going to be teams that will reach out. If you get an injury, let's say a team has a quarterback who's not ready to play. Maybe San Francisco. Then what happens? Or somebody gets injured early in the season. Can Tom fight that urge?
6: It's a great question, but I mean, the the likelihood is that San Francisco is going to have to find a starting quarterback. They're not going to wait. You're not waiting on a guy having Tommy John surgery. You know, the likelihood is that Brock Purdy's out for the year. They're not waiting on him. And Trey Lance isn't the guy. And they know their windows now. They're going to bring in a legit quarterback. You know, that'll be their guy. Now, if he gets hurt, would that be a call they make? Sure. But the likelihood of a quarterback getting hurt for the Niners in the preseason is very remote because guys don't play at all in the preseason. So I think he's retired for good. Um, I think once he starts calling games, he'll be fine. I do think there'll be the, the pull of bringing him back, but the only possibility of coming back would be someone in somewhere he knows but but you know, new England, but they're not a Super Bowl team or maybe it's somewhere else. I'm not, you know, maybe it's San Francisco. Those are kind of the the only, the only two. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's get one more here. This is two pros and a cup, but Joe,
5: earlier today. The two quarterbacks they have under contract, one may be out for the entire season because of a reconstructive UCL surgery or Tommy John, so he'll miss 12 months if he gets that, which it, it appears it's headed in that direction. Trey Lance is coming off of an injury who is going into his third year. You don't know much about him. He hasn't played a ton of football over the past five years, six years maybe. So we're basically looking at this saying, yeah, we feel good about where we're at. Even though one guy's probably not going to be able to play the entire season, the other guy's coming off an injury and is really green. So I guess they're just going to draft one? Is that, is that basically what we're, we're thinking here? Like They're just going to have a young, young room of quarterbacks and based on what we saw this year you know with brock purdy <laughs> maybe cal shannon's like yeah i don't need one like i, I don't need to sign a, a veteran guy who's going to be expensive because i can coach these up we're good enough i'll put these guys in a position to succeed we got c in the backfield and debo and we'll, we'll continue to keep drafting around it and uh, oh by the way we gave up a bunch of draft capital to get trey so we don't have that much
6: hmm that's interesting um I don't know if they'll draft a guy. I think you bring in a veteran. And there's a bunch of different guys out there. And obviously, you're going to have to deal with the the salary implications of it. You know, there's the Mayfield. There's the Derek Carr. There's a lot of different guys. But they also likely believe, likely believe, that their super window is now. You got too many players under contract at a point in their career in which it's, maybe not now or never, but now is about is about the right time. I, I, they're going to bring in somebody who's a veteran. And then you know, I wouldn't even be surprised to even see them move Trey Lance just because that's a bit of an albatross. That's what the Fox said. Ah! What does the Fox say? All right, that's it for uh, In the Bonus Podcast. Reminder to listen to the Doug Gottlieb Show daily, 3 to 5 Eastern Time, 12 to 2 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app.